for coming on. Let me give you a proper introduction here. So my guest today is Margie Schnibby. Am I pronouncing this correctly? Yes, okay. Um, and you are a multidisciplinary artist and you're also a director of adult films and or have been in the past. So welcome. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on. I'm so happy to have you on. Thanks for having me on, Gaia. I have all these wonderful postcards of past projects and past films that you have done, which I'm really excited about having. So thank you for bringing those as well. So would you like to tell us anything before? I sort of have some questions about your work, but if you want to say anything else um, before... Oh, I didn't think I there anything. Okay, just, great. You know, I just showed to, up. Uh, your last and it seemed like really chill and like a great experience, so I figured, you know, I'll just go in and see what happens. Cool, that sounds great. So yes, I'm glad you came. I was curious about, so you work under, as a director of adult films, under the name Vina Virago, is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, that's what, that's, what um, that's the name I was working under. Yeah. And the last film I did was 2008, and I was a part of this old mm -hmm. porn movement, um, which doesn't really exist anymore, it's sort of, it's historical. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just finished a new movie that I sent to a porn film festival in Berlin, and because they know me under that name, I usually put both names. Oh, nice. And there are some people who only call me Vina. It's mm. taking them years to not call me Vina. Yeah. And some people still do. Yeah. yeah. Where did, I was just curious um, where you came up with that name, if that name has any special significance or um, if you uh, It came from a, like a poem I wrote when I was working in the S&M house about like clipping coupons. Um, I used to always work on a Sunday, and I felt like, how I'm just, I could be clipping coupons here. This is like women's work. And I also made mm. a video called Women's Work. Um, so I was just thinking about, uh, oh, I'm like going off on some tangent, but in the poem I called myself a Sunday Virago or something. So it's kind of like a vixen with a heart, I was thinking, Nina Virago. And then I found out there's a, a musician in um, San Francisco called Shauna Virago, but I didn't know Shauna before. Interesting, I love it. Thanks for the background. And then, so it says, you said you made your last sort of adult film in 2008. Well, commercial, I should say commercial. commercial. Okay. Because yeah, I still make, I still make movies. Now I mostly make jerk-off movies. Mm -hmm. What's a jerk-off movie exactly? It's like guys jerking off. Okay. I mean, the sort of like, the history, I think the first jerk-off movie I, I ever saw was a VHS tape by Old Liable. Okay. And he's a sort of legendary director in LA who would get like tough guys off the street and, uh, They'd come over and he would film them jerking off and I think I've sort of became kind of obsessed with that or a few years ago like after you know making pornos I've always made jerks that were explicit mm -hmm. but uh, when you make a jerk off movie you don't I didn't have money you don't really have to pay people as much and you don't have to do testing and you, yeah. you know what I mean and it's mm -hmm. like that's also like I like to watch I think it's pretty fun yeah so you're sort of bringing back that um, genre in a way. That's so interesting. Or, it's a gay. Yeah, I it's guess like it's still game. around, I'm like, sure. But yeah. You know, I'm making gay porno, sort of. Yeah. Something. I, I thought I was going to do this project called, I can't remember now what it was called. Oh, Hot Cock for Lonely Ladies. And then that was <laughs> nice. it. So I filmed um, Gregory Barnett, who's my friend, a performance artist. We worked together a lot. And it was really weird to film a friend, like, jerking off, you know, uh, yeah. and then he, he put on this porno, and then we put it right, like, under the camera, and he was watching it, and it was this gay porno, it was like a bear porno with a lot of, uh, grunting and no music at all, so that became actually the soundtrack for the film, and then I showed oh, that at Porn Film Festival Berlin, and there's a friend, you know, I made friends because I've been going there since it started, like, 2007 to show movies, and, um, this friend, my friend Luke, who also made his own movies, he said, I want to be in a movie, let's film it. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't bring a camera. He's like, I've got a camera, let's go. So we then, we then yeah. made another one, and that became, um, I am a tourist that would like to watch him naked. And that was like Berlin tourist pictures and oh, interesting. Xavier, you know, this 
fake narrative about running into him on the street and him being a stranger and me watching him and then some German. Yeah. Amazing. And it's about learning the German language too. It's like a Pimsleur tape or something. It's like a what? Pim, Pim, you know, Pimsleur, these, these like, learn Spanish in two weeks. Oh, right, German, right. And, you know, yeah. like, found some CDs or something and then just use that. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, my sort of um, next question was just like, how did you get started in the industry? And also, like, how did you learn about this sort of subgenre, uh, which I don't really know that much about. So my questions are very um, like, I don't know. I'm just yeah, curious. That's good. That's but I'm so fascinated in like the whole idea of alt porn. I'm like, oh, wow, mine is sort of blown. Like, you know, I watch pornography occasionally, but I usually find it to be misogynistic and I don't take a lot of time to like search around for feminist porn or things that I might be actually turned on by and not yeah. offended by. Well, not all, so. not all alt porn was feminist. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Even though a lot of the people making it were my friends, I, I, I would mm-hmm. say that it wasn't all feminist porn. Yeah. But it was like, you know, girls with tattoos. Mm-hmm. It was like suicide girl. Right. Porn. Yeah. Um, so, um, but, you know, for those of us, we were a group of friends, mm-hmm. and we all worked together. Actually, one of the directors used to have a place not far from where we were recording. Oh, nice. And uh, I was at a, an art show, and this, I saw this guy come out of it. I'm like, hey, my friend used to, to, to live in here. And he's like, oh, is he the porn guy? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> In a small nice. world. But, um, small world. you know, I was a sex worker before I went to graduate school at Cal oh, Arts. Interesting. I didn't know. And then at Cal Arts, um, I was a dominatrix. And prior to that, I was in my undergrad, like a, a go go dancer. And prior to that, I was just a big nerd. I studied <laughs> ceramics. Um, yeah. Sort of. You know, someone, I had someone on my kitchen show a few weeks ago that I knew in the late 80s, and she was like, You were so cool. I was like, It wasn't cool. <laughs> were know, in I, the past. Yeah, like, <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I always felt like just a super nerd. So yeah. it was a way that I, um, doing that kind of work and, and tying it to my artwork, and I became a dancer when I was in school, and it just, uh, I suppose I would have been called like Riot Girl, but I didn't know any mm-hmm. Riot Girls, and where I worked, certainly there weren't any. Others. Right. Um, uh, it was well, it also about, sounds like the time period, I mean, this was... Yeah, 90. Uh, in the 90. 90 okay. No, it was eight, like 91, 90, 91. So yeah. It was like the beginning of Riot Girls. Right. right. So anyway, so flash forward to CalArts and it's 98 uh, when I left there, there were a bunch of people who worked, because CalArts is, you know, just above the San Bernardo Valley, mm-hmm. there were people who had jobs in, in chats work, in VCA pictures, and mm-hmm. through, like, just a network of people, people ended up getting jobs there, and everyone always wants to work with their friends, so then more of us would come in, and I ended yeah. up doing, like, quality control at a site called BabeNet, and BabeNet was the net portion of VCA Pictures, so VCA Pictures was next door. Mm -hmm. Uh, VCA Pictures was like a classic porn company. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was owned by Ross Hampshire, I think I had the name right, and Mm -hmm. later was bought, at the end it was bought by Hustler. But these were like, it was an old old company, these were the people in these old companies, Mm -hmm. like uh, Ross, like Larry Flint, you know, they went to jail, for to fight for the right to make this pornography, mm, mm-hmm. and this was like it was a political movement in the seventies. Right, like it wasn't just about making money. And right, VCA Pictures was like a family operation. So I worked for the um, my friends worked in the DVD department at VCA, and then I worked in the internet their internet company they were affiliated with called Babenet. And that that was like that was pretty early on. Yeah, you know in the world of internet porn and when it did start like 95 or something I mean they were streaming videos but it was still they were kind of inventing the technology as they went yeah so then so fascinating going forward Ian Mackay worked at VCA Pictures um and then he you know was really known for all porn mm-hmm. and he was a part of the, the the beginning of this movement and a lot of people say that he sort of made it happen mm-hmm. so and he was my friend and I art directed his movie um Art school sluts, and then we all we always worked on each other's movies, That's and so then yeah, we did a spec movie. I mean, I always thought it would be fun to direct because I mean, it was so weird. You know, I went to film school, and I'm like, what's weird about California? And like, porno is pretty weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I don't think I like watched the porno until. I mean, I remember watching like in the early '80s, uh, like some tapes, like amateur kind of tapes. But I did actually would say I did like. When I was an undergrad at Hunter College, I wrote a paper in defense of pornography because hmm. there were these women, some feminists in New York, who came out with a publication called Caught Looking, and it was a sort of 
feminist mm -hmm. way of looking at porn. And then later when I was in New York, you know, I would go to Annie Sprinkle's house. It was like a little circle of people. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like it was really just a part of your sort of culture yeah. and lifestyle. Like, you know, because as someone who's not necessarily part of those cultures yeah. and lifestyle, I have all these questions like, how would you find out about these things? Like, how do I get it's, involved? Like, where do I, you know, yeah. but it sounds like it was just sort was of just, all around it you. It was all, it's like everything was connected. When you think about New York and you think about a time before the internet and you think about a time mm -hmm. when there actually was an underground, mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, I got back from Berlin after undergrad and I didn't want to go to grad school right away. Um, and I was looking for jobs at Dominatrix. I decided I wanted to do that. And yeah. I was talking to this guy on the street I used to give money to, Cornell, who was like a former Wall Street guy who became a crackhead. And he, um, he, I was telling him I was looking for this job and then he's like, oh, I know there's a place right here. Let me introduce you to the owner. It's kind of like yeah. the very New York one thing that other, other that I lived in a hotel right. with a bunch of club kids, you know, so it's, yeah. it became, and some of those club kids were all, actually a lot of people worked in the, in the sex industry there. Mm -hmm. And there was, it was a different time in New York and there was all kinds of people working all of these kinds of jobs. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's, it's what like kids who need jobs did sort of and then yeah. go to clubs it was just all really a part of the culture yeah so interesting yeah um well and this is sort of i mean you've already sort of spoken to a lot of this but um from watching some of the shorts that you sent me um i mean it seems at least my inference is that you know your work sort of combats a lot of the cultural stigma around sort of women embracing their sexuality and slut shaming you posted a yeah. photo on your instagram account which i borrowed for Soul Friends Instagram account um, that said, let's unite, um, exclamation point. Um, and I'm just curious if this is something that you feel like you are sort of conscious of when you're making work, or if this is just my, you know, but just the idea of sort of like, yeah, because it's women embracing their sexuality in a way that's acceptable and like sex positive, and just if you consider that when making work, or well, yeah, of course, all the time. I mean, that yeah. teacher came from the San Francisco Sex Workers Film Festival, oh. and I don't know the group, if it was actually the film festival group who made it, or mm -hmm. if it was Coyote, and Coyote was a group in San Francisco, I don't know if they're still around, but they were like, a super call off your old tired ethics, and mm -hmm. it's a pro, like, prostitution, sex positive group, awesome. um, with, um, I don't know if, um, like, Scarlet Harlot is someone who was a part of this group, or maybe the head of it, and then the woman from... I haven't, you know, I didn't practice and think about this stuff because I don't yeah. work in this world anymore, but I sort of, it comes yeah. back. It was it Carol Lee, someone from the adult bookstore. Ooh, I've lost yeah. the, oh, the name, but I'll see if I can think about it. So yeah. there's this, there was this movement throughout the country, and again, going back to like sort of pre-internet days, um, Annie Sprinkle was a part of an organization in New York called Pony, prostitutes in New York and used to have mm. meetings at her apartment and I went to a few of those and like there's this whole like underground movement of sex positive um you know sex workers mm -hmm. now I think you see more of it probably because of the internet mm -hmm. um but it took a long time yeah and then also I think the riot girl movement and like the lusty lady in San Francisco and all of these yeah. Oh, yeah. things and also kind of you know, queer, positive, gender, people breaking down sort of gender barriers, like so much mm -hmm. is going on with gender identity and sexuality. It's just a much better time. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I should say is, you know, when I was a kid or like a, in my 20s, actually when I was a teenager, we would go to, um, I grew up in the suburbs of New York and we would go to Times Square and I would cut school and just walk around New York because I, I love New York. Um, and there were women uh, who were part of this feminist movement with like Andrea Dworkin was one of the leaders of that and they would sit in Times Square with a picture of a woman and going into a meat grinder. Okay. Yeah, and that I don't sounds... know if it was like a hustler cover or they made it up as a hustler cover, but it was always yeah. there and yeah. then this group Woman Against Pornography. So it's like a powerful yeah. image. So th this was like, I think for women of your generation, there's a, there's a much more positive way of looking at sexuality that's really yeah. a lot more inclusive and I think in in the 70s, the early 80s, a lot of times women who were sex workers were were looked down upon by feminists, and that's when yeah. I made this publication called Looking. And I was was looking at it, and uh, I bought a copy. Uh, I had one in storage somewhere, but I couldn't find it, so I bought a vintage 
vintage book play somewhere on the west side yeah. uh, and it's it's kind of dated you know i think it's you know it's supposed to be this forward looking thing but there really yeah. are trans people in there there aren't many people of color it's, yeah it's a lot of pictures of women it just doesn't mm. they're scratching the surface but yeah. yeah i mean it's taken years and years i think for this kind of openness and sexuality to evolve and hopefully it will keep evolving yeah to really be more inclusive yeah well and what I love about what you're talking about is just like the sort of overarching message of like acceptance and love and embracing your sort yeah. of individual identity whatever that identity is um and I had a question about just sort of like casting and how you cast your films if you were involved in the casting process um just because in watching some of the ones that you sent, there's such a wide sort of variety of like shapes and sizes of bodies and people and things like that, which I really appreciate because again, my sort of um, entry level, you know, knowledge of porn, it's all like white skinny girls and like even if it's, you know, non-heterosexual porn, like all the people sort of look the same in the porn that I <laughs> have access to. So I'm just curious about your process of like casting and how you sort of would choose people to be in your films. Well, with the, um, when I did the, the commercial work for Hustler and Vivid through like my old porn friends, mm -hmm. there were different women, a lot of us, and men, a lot of us worked with mm -hmm. regularly. Um, and then when I would cast the film, I would cast um, the guys first mm -hmm. because there were, maybe I would have a female star or someone I knew who wanted to be in it. Yeah. But um, the, um, there was a certain kind of guy I wanted to be in the movie who I would mm -hmm. watch different movies and see who seemed to be really like loving, but still mm -hmm. like the, the sex wasn't um, sort of violent or, you know, at yeah. this time the thing, the thing, when I say violent, that sounds like a judgment, but at the time, like, it's hard to explain because I never saw these videos, but there were videos where the guys would have sex with women and then kick them out of moving cars. Like, there were all different kinds what? of pornos. So I would kind of do research on what kind of guys were in what movies and things yeah. like that. And then I also liked, um, I, I cast guys who I like and I found attractive. Mm -hmm. So that usually they had like kind of muscles. I wasn't into the sort of scrawny emo guys who were mm -hmm. in a lot of the other alt porn films. And they were like yeah. nice guys and stuff, but that's really not what I wanted to see in a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you cast you know the men first according to what you Well, yeah. Like, you yeah. Know, and then the women, we, we worked with different um, casting agents. And, you know, there's kind of like um, in porn, you know, Jenna Jameson would be one price, right? It would be very mm -hmm. expensive because she was so famous. But mm -hmm. also, we tended to work with um, uh, models who didn't have fake boobs. But it's mm -hmm. interesting because some of the women who I cast when they were early, early on in their careers, they didn't have fake boobs, and then they got them. But they uh, already had beautiful breasts. Like, yeah. I don't understand it. Like, I think fake, fake boobs are kind of cool. Like, if you want to have them, like, yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. But these women had the most perfect breasts, and then they'd go and make them bigger or something. Yeah, you know? so you actually got to see sort of the progression, the real-life progression of some well, of these Well, later, women. when I would see see them in other movies, yeah. you know, and uh, anyhow. So I just kind of cast people I like, and, yeah. and also really our budgets were sort of medium budgets. And, yeah. And so we had people at a certain price point, let's say. So they were all kind mm -hmm. of known in their careers. Yeah. So, but they weren't like the most expensive and they weren't like the cheapest either. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Do you have a favorite film that you have made? Yeah, I mean, I think no. my favorite film is always like my last film or my first film. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I there's too, there's too many. What I've been doing, like too many to pick a favorite because they're all yeah. like, the films always feel like these documents of my life, mm. you know, um, in, in a way. Um, like I just finished a film for Porn Film Festival Berlin to submit, you know, because their mm -hmm. submission process is... Um, in the uh, summer, mm -hmm. so every year I try and at least get one thing I can send to them, and I just keep bringing porn film festival Berlin up because I've just finished this piece that I hope they'll like and show. Yeah. Um, but also, there's really no other festival like that that I've ever been to because it's mm -hmm. it's really again talking about inclusivity. It's it's queer, it's trans, it's straight, it's swingers, it's kink, it's like everything. Yeah. And it, it has become like insane. It's for maybe. I can't remember, like five days or something in, in the fall in Berlin, and the, yeah. the, the theaters are packed to the wall. That like it's become amazing. so popular. Yeah. Um, 
and it's really a, just a celebration of all kinds of sexuality. Yeah. And um, I was really honored one year because they put my little Berlin tourist movie oh, in right. it with all yeah. the Berlin filmmakers because they have a, a section that's only about Berlin filmmaking. Oh, see, so I just that. made um, a film with um, a video with an art model called Michael Ch Michael Schmidt, and I met him. Mm -hmm at a party for Dominatrixes Against Donald, which is a group mm. that I belong to. Um, and then some artists are involved with Jerry Rose is in it, Tara Indiana is a dominatrix, uh, Jeffrey Balance has made drawings for this piece they're gonna do. Um, and uh, so I joined this group somehow and, and they have this party and this guy, Michael Schmidt, wears this um, Donald Trump mask. Mm. And he was at the party and he did a performance with um, some of the women there. And then I asked him to be in a movie, an at sort of anti-Trump movie. So yeah. I just finished that. And, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't really, there's no, there's, it's just like music and sound in it um, and chant, chanting from the Women's March and um, yeah. oh, a, nice. a version of the Star Spangled Banner that I sort of tweaked and made in GarageBand and, nice. and then also some archival footage from the 50s. But the, the, the video doesn't, it's not really making a statement. You have to decide mm -hmm. what you want to think about him so it doesn't say he is this, he is that. It mm -hmm. just shows uh, Michael in the Trump mask doing kind of grotesque things, mm -hmm. sort of, but kind of funny things with food and, that sounds you good. know, and then <laughs> off and fireworks. And, you know, that just sounds finished it, like, like a really emotionally rollercoaster. My stuff doesn't make sense. I mean, the porno, yeah. when I was doing the pornos, we did these, um, um, you know, they, I forget what it's called, like on the wall, four wall, I don't know what it's called, something wall to wall, that was called. Yeah. So basically, I didn't do big narrative features. There would right. be a little bit of a story or an idea, mm -hmm. and then there would be a lot of sex. Yeah. So they all, they were all like concept movies, mm -hmm. but it, it, they weren't, it wasn't, I didn't have the kind of budget to do a proper giant narrative film, which was fine anyway. Yeah. So. Well, I experienced, um, just sort of having my mind blown at watching some of your um, shorts in terms of sort of what you're talking about, about the, the there wasn't necessarily, um, okay, the one I'm thinking of in particular is the, the tea party, oh, yeah. um, what's that one called? Tea party. Tea party. Um, and it was great because, and I'm not sure if the link that you sent me, if it had sort of a, a partial, um, if it was the whole film or not, but I think it, I think I watched maybe like 12 minutes. Of yeah, it's about, there's two like, versions. I, I forgot yeah. it was a long version because I was sort of selling those VHS tapes. Um, oh, nice. I have to check and see. I hope it, I, I was like noticing that I've sort of uploaded something strange and I think it's been fixed, but it's about eight minutes long. It's about that eight, film yeah. has some great fake boobs in it, though. Those oh, that one does have some fake yeah, boobs in it. She's, yeah. that, was, that was in it, like, um, all porn. Actually, what's very funny about that is um, we filmed that in North Hollywood, Mm -hmm. And actually, Ian McKay, but he got a different name then. He did one of the cameras, mm -hmm. and then he went on to you know, become the big alt porn director. And he's oh, okay. still my friend. He doesn't do porno anymore. Yeah. Um, and um, my other friend, Chuck Bronco, who was like, only produced the movie, and he did the camera too. He did music. He had worked at BCA Pictures. We all had worked at BCA Pictures. Oh, okay. And then we, it was in North Hollywood, and in that movie, it's two women who are like strippers, and they used to do this. Uh, they, they worked together a lot. They used to put on kiss makeup and dress kiss makeup. And they were, yeah. like, in their 30s, I think. Uh -huh. And they, I had them dress in stripper, sort of, like, cutesy pink and purple lingerie. Yeah, it's, like, lavender yeah. with, like, maybe white trim or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's very cute. But then it's supposed to be a childlike scene where they're having a tea party, and it's related to the show from my childhood, which nobody knows anymore, The Family Affair, with Buffy and Mrs. Beasley. It's, like, so dating. But anyway, so they just have it's this like psycho two party, and then they start wrestling. Yeah. But there's childlike drawings on all the walls because it's like a valley backyard with these concrete walls or cinder block walls. So the neighbors called the police and said, um, "There's child porn happening." Oh no. Okay, so this is two women in their thirties, yeah. strippers wrestling. Yeah. yeah. With big boobs. <laughs> with big boobs. And One the neighbors call big and boobs. say. Child pornography was being oh, shot next door. So like eleven cops came, like oh, eight no. cars. And then it was Ian's uh, birthday, and so his mom was coming there to take him to dinner. Oh no! And she was like taking pictures of the cops and stuff. <laughs> she was just embracing the situation. Yeah, and then someone else was on. The, the women had already left, which is good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So and then someone else on the set, I would say, who was like drunk and saying like, "I know my rights." 
I'm gonna call the ACLU, like this oh, crazy no. stuff. Like, and yeah. then we all, what we did was like, we pulled out like CalArts IDs, even though we weren't there anymore. We're like, yeah. we're students, we're making a student movie. That seems smart, yeah. You know, and then they were like, you know, people shoot porno in the valley, and we're like, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? Because in our movie, people are just playing, yeah, and they're and in laundry. All, but that's kind of what it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's kind of what it was, is like, it was mostly just them sort of playing yeah. and interaction, interacting with each other's bodies, and there yeah. was some food involved, and then yeah, there was this, like, fun music over it, and it was this, like, celebration. It was very... Yeah. I, I enjoyed that we, one a I lot. think we also, like, said to the cops, like, do you want to see the footage? We'll show you the footage mm-hmm. if you have a question about That's it. That's helpful, yeah. But, like, this, the, the movies don't make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the movies I make, I, I don't think they make any sense, which is okay, you know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What um, acceptance of... Uh, being in a place of not knowing. That's a good lesson yeah. for me to constantly be working well, yeah. on. It also means there's really no market for it. Oh. You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. two, my friend said to me, actually, it was Chris Wilchin, who's a successful commercials director, and he's made some really cool documentaries. Yeah. He used to say to me years ago that, like, your work is too art for porn, but too porn for art. Well, that was my other question for you, actually, is just who do you feel your sort of main audience is and or do you consider an audience? Because that was what I kept thinking. It's like, well, this is adult filmmaking, but it's not necessarily, yeah. like, I'm not going to, like, want to jerk off to this, but then Some I don't know do. if what, I guess you could, but I don't know, and I also didn't watch all of the ones that you sent, but... But yeah, it's definitely not. Some of them are yeah. Sexy. So what do you? What's your audience? Well, or do you not really think about it? Or well, this is this is a question. I mean, you have to think about your audience now, right? Isn't that the question on I creative mean, capitalism? You know. Like, who's your audience? Right. It's like every grant question now, yeah. which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, because you can't just say my audience is everyone. Right. Because <laughs> um, that's like yeah, my audience is everyone. Yeah. So okay, so I had um, a a, a uh, retrospective at Human Resources, a video right. retrospective this. Uh, April, yeah. for 10 days, and there were performers also, and uh, John Girdle curated it, right? Yeah, he yeah. put this together, it was yeah. really psyched, and we went through all the different videos and mm-hmm. came up with this 99-minute selection. Amazing. And so the crowd was very, it was a mix, there were art kids, a lot of gay men, because, you know, you know, I'm bear hag, I have all my, my, gay, my cool. gay bears. There were actually some non-bears there, too. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then I said, well, you know, maybe we should invite the fetish community. So mm-hmm. we invited, I got on Fat Life, which is supposed to be, I had read the, uh, the it's like Facebook for fetish people. Mm-hmm. So I got on Fat Life and I made invites. And for the yeah. opening, people came from Fat Life. Oh, and they cool. were like kids having sex and they were doing like, the fantasy was to like watch the movies. The guy wanted to watch the movies while his girlfriend was giving him a blowjob. So that happened. Upstairs. <laughs> that happened upstairs. During, Amazing. I think it was during Carl Petion's performance. So There's a lot of this, private like, space upstairs at Human Resources. Oh yeah, so, but they wanted to yeah. be watched. Oh, they wanted oh, yeah. to be watched. Oh, oh how oh, yeah. cool! He wanted to be watching the movies, and he wanted people watching him. Oh, so amazing. Carl was doing this performance where he's got masks and he's twirling an umbrella, and it's kind of yeah. like it's it's. It's more about the body moving, and then he. Yeah. We had a glory hole in that room, which he carved with a drill and knocked the door over, so it was like this crazy. Oh my god! Like, but then we put the door up, and then he put this sock puppet, this giant sock puppet, pulling it in and out of the glory hole and the barbed wire, <laughs> and then there was this blowjob happening, and um, yeah, and then there was a guy who oh came. God, I'm so sorry that I missed all of very, this. Very, Every night there were different performers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And, and then 420, there was uh, Wits and Giggles did a hot dogs. Oh, Wits and Giggles. So Whitney. there was also, like, on the, there was this guy from Fat Life who came, like, three times, and his thing was to just to, he's, a, like, an exhibitionist masturbator, which mm-hmm. I have one of my films. I have a, in the film, an exhibitionist masturbator mm. in Broken Hearts are for Assholes. That's 2017. So, um... I can't remember. I watched one that was similar to the, oh, this is a boring conversation. Me trying to, yeah. but it was one he was sort of in an art studio and he was thin and he was masturbating. Um, and it seemed like it was a more recent. Um, yeah, that was the last. It was the last. The one the, that was the latest one in the show, and it was me. Mm-hmm. What I did was like, I I had a breakup with a boyfriend, and I was having a hard time getting over him. And I met this guy on uh, Tin Tinder or OkCupid. It's actually on both sites. Yeah, and he was getting over a breakup with his wife I think mm. and then he just wanted to masturbate so I asked him to be in the movie and I would pay yeah. him but I got to know him a little bit um before we shot the movie yeah and I you know I met with him like five times or something or four times before mm-hmm. and then he's he's in the movie and I, I talk about the breakup and the relationship and then he's in it and he's like jerking off in it but he's he's also an art model 
interesting because okay. I have two, yeah. two like art models that we worked in the last two movies. And art models are good because they'll do like poses mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, so he did his poses. But um, yeah, so the, the, it was a, a crowd, different different crowds, different there were different groups of people who came to the show. And then yeah. um, Catherine Lagley in the LA Weekly gave it a pick. So then there were people oh, nice. from the LA Weekly came, including a couple who were like middle-aged and um, they ran out of the movie theater, the guy screaming like, my wife is making me go home. Like he tried to get his wife to go to this because oh. it said it was sexually explicit. But then, you know, I mean, it's sexual. It was like a woman, I think it was written about as in the weekly as, you know, a woman makes her sexually explicit movies, you know, it's a sort of feminist thing. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, you know, when you see like a 400 pound man who's naked with, um, you know, trans, transsexual dominatrix. I mean, that's not everybody's cup of tea. It's yeah. not like... So it's too much for this woman. It's not like Red, Shoe, Do- Red Shoes Diaries or whatever these things on cable TV that are like erotica. Oh, okay. I yeah, mean, I, some like, stuff I don't know what pretty, that is, but yeah. It's like an old thing. It's like the first sort of like softcore, you know. Yeah. They're not like, you know, when you see Mr. Samantha like beating this guy, um, right. you know, he's into it, but like it's not really everybody's cup of tea. I mean, for artists, I mean, artists like to look at it. They're really curious about the body. Yeah. Um, and the sort of shapes and how the body moves. But some people, I think, yeah. went to the show thinking it would be sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some people found it sexy. Other people yeah. were horrified. That and then other sense. people just didn't come. I know that. Because there's some people mm. who will not come when I do, like, a sex show. They have friends who come to my other art shows, but they just won't come. Interesting. Yeah. And I, it's fine. I accept that. And it's not everybody's thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, I was curious. So you made a film in two thousand and five called Porn Star Pets. Oh yeah. Um, and the trailer for that said America's biggest obsessions: porn stars and pets. It's very catchy. Um, I wanted to know if you have a pet and what your pet is. Oh yeah. So I was curious about that. I have Juki, who's a, a miniature poodle. He's rescued. Oh. He's in. Um, he's the star of the movie uh, Bareback PhD. He's in that at the dog park. <laughs> Wrestling and humping some other dog. Um, <laughs> well, this PhD guy. I, I actually, in the movie, I had my friend read a, an email that this guy sent me about how I should have sex with him without a condom because condoms are anti feminist. Mm. Like, it was a pretty fucked up email. Yeah. And so then we made made that into a movie. But Juki's in that movie. Juki's, Juki's also in this new movie that I just made with Michael called, the movie is called Kofefe. Okay. And Juki's in it because I thought um, at one point he like ran, like Michael was in his chair, he kind of ran over to him and then he came back as I called him back. Yeah. And then at the end there's fireworks and stuff and he's barking so I thought it would be good to just show him in it. Also like right. um, as much as I really don't like Donald Trump, I wanted to show that there's a playfulness in the video. Mm. You know? Yeah. So the, do- the dogs, have, I've had a lot of like dogs in the movies because I've always I had Hans who was a dachshund he was in he was in a bunch of movies so I'm kind of a dog person and I haven't done yeah. so well with cats I had a yeah. cat I gave to my parents once when I had to move and where I, oh, where I am now my studio is uh, really busy on the uh, by traffic so I can't have a cat because the cats get run over oh yeah. that's sad but I have yeah. two parakeets oh yeah so dogs and birds dogs and birds and nice today there was a mouse or a rat or <laughs> and occasional pets oh no it's the weather it's very warm Sometimes in los angeles lizards. all the yeah, all the they come in things are coming out yeah they just yeah. come in they come under the door jam they just come right in oh man yeah wild um well okay so this is just sort of me wanting to know this from someone who um was always curious. So, um, in 2016, there was Proposition 60, which was um, rejected, and I feel like people probably aren't even going to remember it, but it was California's ballot measure that would require adult film performers to use condoms, and, you know, there was sort of two sides to the sort of argument in terms of um, feeling like it its success would depend on, like, stigma around sex and stigma around porn, and then also saying that um, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation um, said 
I don't want young people to be educated that the only kind of sex that's hot is unsafe sex. And as I was considering how I was going to vote on this measure, um, I kept thinking, I wish I could talk to someone in the adult film industry to get their perspective on this because I'm curious about it. So I'm curious about your perspective on that. Would well, you mind sharing a little bit of your political view? Well, what is it, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation? So it's called, it's a total scam. Um, yeah, that's why I was so confused about that. That was their stuff. perspective. Like, well, here, that's so confusing early, to me. Early on, it's been... Early on, I went to, they had these open meetings with the adult industry. I was no longer directing, but I went to some of these meetings with Cal OSHA, who, mm -hmm. you know, is the, the safety organization, right, in the state for, like, workers. Safety. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that probably maybe this was, like, 2010 I went, and a lot of the adult industry was there. Yeah. Um, and the adult industry, for the amount of sex they have and for all of this, they do pretty well at self-policing. And once you bring in yeah. outside people to do that, it it would, uh, it's just not gonna work. Now, yeah. I, as someone who really didn't know I was a feminist, so I started making porn, people were like, you're a feminist pornographer. I'm like, am I really? And then I was nominated for like a feminist porn award. I'm like, okay, I get it. And like, <laughs> the world is, is like, telling you you're a feminist generation. porn maker. Yeah. yeah, whatever this next wave of feminism is, like it, it's um, really sex positive, it's mm -hmm. different. Okay, so I went to these meetings and um, I sided with the adult industry that they should self-police and not have and not and, have a mandate and, and that they have, have to use because yeah. what it means is that people will go out of state to shoot right. without condoms. Mm -hmm. People will go other places to shoot without condoms, um, and I feel like the adult industry was being unfairly targeted. Yeah. Also, there was a producer, and I don't remember who. Like, there were a couple of producers there who brought up a couple of really good points. One was someone who had been a stunt man mm -hmm. and talked about like the amount. Talking about like how making adult film was kind of like being a, people who were in that in adult films were kind of like stunt people, and that's mm -hmm. like why are they putting these kinds of rules on adult filmmakers when they're people making films that are really unsafe for stunt people, you know, or like mixed martial arts films? Like, I don't understand all these genres, so, yeah. But, um, I agree with him, and then also there was someone who said, um, if when you when the adult industry is a really unique place, right? Mm -hmm. So if you treat the adult industry just as any workplace, okay, mm -hmm. let me back up a little. It would also mean, if in, in this rule, it would also mean that any soiled material on set would be considered like hazardous waste or something, like panty, anything yeah. that come on it, because then it, if it's something about the fluid, yeah, it's like dangerous. I mean, I, I this is a couple of years ago, I'm sort of pulling it out of my head. Yeah, but like I know it was from a while no, ago. No, but it's important but, yeah. because a lot of people vote vote a lot of people thought that it was a good thing that's well and that's kind of what thing. that's very confusing that's from where my question was yeah like because that was my initial sort of re response as someone who wants people to like be protected you know and then I sort of read on you yeah. know did my research and then I was like I realized oh actually this is offensive and well, <laughs> you here, know not true that it's safer or whatever. here's it's just... one thing you in the adult industry if somebody had an infection mm -hmm. or they had a positive test for yeah. any STD or something HIV, any STD, mm -hmm. they're quarantined and they can't work for a certain amount of time, right? Yeah. So if I understand correctly, according to sort of um, workplace politics or laws or discrimination laws in the workplace, yeah. if somebody has some kind of condition, you can't stop them from working. So like if you say that condoms are a barrier for HIV and the producer knows that the person in the movie has HIV, you can't right. pull that person off the shoot. You have to say, you have to let them work because everyone's wearing a condom, right? Like, they're crazy complications oh, like that. Like, okay. I don't understand exactly. And this guy said this, yeah. like, how oh, that's really crazy because you can't yeah. say, you have HIV, you can't work in this because if you discriminate against someone with HIV, then you're discriminating. Then, then right? you're breaking the discrimination yeah, you know, law, that. I say. So they have the adult industry, first of all, like, if you want to be in the adult industry, that's a risk you're going to take. It's not a risk that yeah. I would take yeah. um, to be in a film like that. But yeah. it's just, I am too neurotic, but there are lots of people who choose to do it and yeah. they just do all their testing. Right. So, yeah. I don't know what's what's going on with that. Now, they found a lot of... Well, it was rejected. Yeah. I hope that it doesn't come back. I don't know if it's going to come back. I, I mean, hope sometimes things come back. You know, yeah. he was there a couple of times. But now there's a lot of question about this, the... the the guy who's behind all of this, um, because of the, mm. something else on about the uh, Hollywood and housing, it was, he, he's, he's involved with something else too. Oh, I don't know about so, that. I don't know. I stopped going out of the closet because yeah. I just got mad about it. Oh, so, yeah. yeah.
Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I just have a couple more questions yeah. for you. This one's super interesting to me because it's it seems so much different than your other work. So you, um, I forget what the name of it was. When you clicked on the link, it said I had sex with a male gigolo. It's the reality uh, yeah, yeah. TV. Um, Gigolos. Okay. Right. Didn't even know that that was a show. So you participated in this reality show yeah. um, and you had sex with a male gigolo. What was that like for you? I just want to hear you talk about that. It was so... It was super fun. It looked like, really fun. It was really fun. And um, it was really good for them too because I know how to make movies. So I just behaved myself and I was, you know, like... Yeah. I was like, what's my motivation? You know, I discussed with them before. Like, okay, can I say this story? The, the story was... Mm -hmm. was like, like, first of all, the name I used in the, in the video... Is Vina, so I use my porno name. Oh, right. And it was yeah. funny because I'm like in front of the camera instead of behind the camera. And the thing that I was most worried about is that I would just like look old or fat or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. like, they were really, okay. yeah, they were really uh, complimentary. I mean, what, what would you think? Of, I mean, it's weird to be on that, on, in front of the camera in such a vulnerable p position. Yeah. But the, but the way to, to do it is you just focus on your partner. I mean, that's basically. Right. This is, you know, when I was shooting porno, um, you know, you want to see the connection between the two people, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not like, you know, screaming like, give it to her, you know, give it to him, suck that dick, you know, whatever. You just yeah. like, let them have this chemistry between them and then yeah. you film it because they are they know how to do it. Yeah, know? and there was all sorts of playful moments too yeah. where like your panties got stuck on your shoe oh, yeah, and it, like... you guys were laughing about it. It yeah. was really he was sweet. Been, his name is Ben Armani. And what happened was yeah. my friend Mary and I would watch that show because at the time they came on, it was on uh, Showtime, and she said, you need to watch the show with these male prostitutes in, in Las Vegas. So, yeah, and then I got on their email list, and then they said they were doing a casting call. So I wrote like this fan letter to Vin, you know, because he's yeah. like, smart, handsome. Oh yeah, you said he's, he's a, a philosophy, philosophy major. major. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, so we went, and then it was filmed in Vegas, and my story was like, I'm an artist, and I come to my vacation home in Las Vegas. And it was <laughs> right. a complete like camp, and I was just, I, I felt like a drag queen actually. Was saying all these campy things to him, you know, oh. oh, you're better in person, look how, ooh, look at you, <laughs> like crazy, it's just a crazy thing, isn't it? Yeah. And then, um, my, my friend, I asked him, the producer was really nice, I was like, look, can you give me a copy of it? And he said, no, absolutely not. I'm like, why not? Okay, so he couldn't. So then, when they played it on TV, then yeah. I went to my friend's house, who has DVR, and so yeah. we recorded it, so the, the version that I have, even though it's HD, it's kind of, um, you know, it's a little bit grainy or pixelated or something because it's uh, like a generation, generation, which I kind of right. like. I never would have noticed. It's total yeah. bootleg. And then when yeah. I showed it in Berlin, there was um, a guy in the audience with questions were like, you know, it says HD, but, you know, how did you feel? It says, I think it says there that I filmed it without permission or a copy of it without permission. Oh, uh, I see. And this guy in the audience is like, you know, you can look on BitTorrent and you can get it and you can download it and it's such HD, <laughs> so you can have like an HD version. He wanted to help you get like yeah, a like proper an, version. You know, the German, I love the Germans, they're so funny. You know, like, oh yeah, you need to, it says HD, it should be HD. And uh, I was like, like, I'm not putting those programs on my computer. Like, yeah. You know, like, I don't, other people tell me they can and they can, I'm like, you want to download it for me and give it to me? Okay, great. Yeah. So maybe one day I will, but, uh, you know. So the show that's is really still funny. on. It's on for other seasons. Oh, that's too. so interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know that was a show. Yeah, yeah. you can watch it. You, you, I think you can watch some episodes online somewhere. Cool. But the, you know, the, the gigolos changed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. But uh, I think Ben's still there. Nice. Yeah, it was, so, it was so much fun. Oh, and then we did... It was fun to watch. We yeah. did the show. I talked to Vin. You know, they do this. You have to do this sort of wrap up. I forget what they call it. After you do, you know, how was it for you? But then oh, they right. It probably in the beginning. Like, they just ask you to say things. And I was like, Vin, what do you want me to talk about? And he's like, well, you're multi-orgasmic. Why don't you talk about that? Because any time we've had a woman on the show like that, they try and cut it out. Oh. You know? Yeah. He said, so why don't you just try talk about talk that? Talk about that. He said, yeah. he said, that's what I'm interested in because, you know, he's really into giving pleasure to women. Yeah. And he's a gigolo, so you pay him for it, right? Yeah. So, which is great. So that's what we talked about. That's great. Yeah, so. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess my last question for you is just, um... For people interested in finding different types of porn, where would be a good place? I mean, it's such a like basic 101 question, but um, where would be a good place to find different types of porn, like just um, in general? Porn, Pornhub? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not, well, Pornhub. Okay, first I have to say about Pornhub. There's yeah. something on NPR about it the other day. I don't go on to Pornhub. 
I went on to Pornhub a couple months ago or whatever, and mm-hmm. I was like, I could just lose my life here. I was just watching, clicking, clicking. Like, it's so <laughs> fascinating. All these different bodies yeah. moving. But I think, I mean, in San Francisco, there was a, a store, Good Vibrations. I don't know if it's Yeah, Good Vibrations. But you can, like, if you just Google, like, uh, women-friendly porn. Yeah. Uh, and, like, something like that, you can find them. There's another place in, uh, online, I think it's TLC. I'm a little out of it. Um, yeah, These yeah. places have carried my movies, too, and there's a store nice. in Amsterdam. There's, like, different places. And if you just do, if you if you Google feminist porn, um, you know, or, like, female-friendly porn, you can yeah. find, you can find some stuff. Um, cool. Yeah, and a lot, of, I think San Francisco, a lot of stuff. I think Sean Louis, uh, Houston, I think she's still making movies. Who is and, it? Um, Sean Louis Houston. She's a, a filmmaker who, mm. who made, the, uh, I think the big, her big movie was Crash Pad, and it was this, mm. like, sort of groundbreaking, you know, lesbian porno a few years ago. Uh, it was probably 10 years ago or 8 years ago. Nice. There's, like, interesting stuff coming out of um, San Francisco. Jizzly. Jizzly was on, uh, I don't know if, if you watch Transparent, but... Jizzly was, it was like a, the sister like goes to like, like the, the summer camp and she becomes the slave of like Jizzly. Like yeah. there's this kind of group, there's, there's, you can find different performers doing different things. And, yeah. and there's probably stuff coming out of the valley that's like, okay now. You know, the, yeah. the thing, uh, the thing that I will say is that there was, there used to be, because there's so much free porn on the internet, these, mm-hmm. I think that these kind of cheaper movies that we all, that I was able to make, and these medium budget movies don't, yeah. I imagine they don't really exist anymore, so you probably mm. see like big budget pornos, and you can certainly see a lot of amateur porn, um, but you know, really it's like, oh, there's so much of it, it, you could waste a lot of time. I like, yeah. my friend Xavier was in my movie, he was on a site called Homo Punk, and that's really mm. cute, it's a few years old, but I like looking at these cute boys, and they're wearing like bunny ears, and you know, this yeah. punk rock music. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, and it sounds like just sort of exploring. I mean, you know, the internet has yeah. all sorts of things. I but... like gay porn. You know, I like gay porno. Yeah. So, I mean, I I like uh, just looking at Tumblr. Oh, that's a good idea, too. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so many There's places. so many places. I right know. So you know, it's just everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, and then how can people find more of your work if they're interested? Oh, uh, yeah. In terms of your artwork or just, like, uh, any types of work? Because I know... You um, haven't made these films super, super recently, so there's this isn't oh, all, yeah, they, you know. Well, you can get, like, you can, like, the, for the features, you, you can go to my website, margieschnibby.com, or mm-hmm. my blog, schnibby.net, S-C-H-N-I-B-B-E dot N-E-T. Um, and then if you see any of the titles, like, any of my titles should be available through whoever streams, mm. you know, whoever's okay. streaming, if you want to yeah. see them. Um, and because I've just posted the trailers. I don't own... I don't mm-hmm. own those movies because, you know, I, I may, I work for other companies. Right. Like, Porn Star Pets is on, and that's, you know, it's, like, probably would be considered PG-rated. It's it's a, mm-hmm. just a documentary. There's a little bit of nudity in it and, like, sort of talking about sex, but it's not, right. like, a BCLA movie. Because <laughs> 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 it's a documentary. Um, yeah. That is on Netflix. Um, oh, But amazing. I don't know if they have a streaming. You might have to order it on DVD, which is really oh, weird. okay. That is weird. But okay. it's, on, uh, it's on, like, YouTube or Vimeo or something oh, cool. if you want to watch the whole thing. Okay. Or I, I want to watch that one. If anyone wants a DVD, yeah. just email me and, you know, I could... Oh, I have a merch page. I totally forgot. Oh, what's your merch page? I don't know if it's... The, the merch page is babyhans.com. Oh, yeah. B-A-B-Y-H-A-N-S. That was my first... Uh, dog before Juki. But I have a merch page, so if you Google me, Margie Schnibby, you could find my merch. I, I might have Porn Star Pets on there, but not so many people have DVD yeah. players anymore. I do not. Yeah, that's why I was <laughs> yeah. going to bring a DVD, and I'm like, every yeah. time I bring a DVD, I'm and like, who's that old lady with the D- bringing the DVDs? I know, um, I just moved, and I contemplated throwing away my old DVDs because I don't know what to do with them, but I did not because they are still near and dear to my heart. Unless you kept them. You I can kept, always donate them. Yeah, I can always donate them, but um, but yeah, DVD part players, they're hard to come by, so. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I, I stockpiled them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And anything else you want to yeah, say before well, we thanks, go away? Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. I feel as though I learned a great deal, and I hope that our listeners did as well. I'm sure that they did. So. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to that episode of Soul Friend Radio with myself, Gaia Woods, and my co-host for today, Margie Schnibby. And I hope that you all enjoyed listening to our conversation. If you are enjoying listening to the show and would like to listen to more episodes, you can do that on iTunes by subscribing to Soul Friend Radio, which is now available as a podcast. The show also currently airs on K-Chung Radio every other Wednesday morning. And I also have a new website, which I'm very excited about. It took me... I don't even know how long to get it up and running. I'm very excited to share the website. There's some content on there. I have a blog that I'm trying to post to every week. So there's a couple of postings on there with some new content. And that website is just Soul Friend Radio. You can also, if you have questions about love, relationships, dating, sex, anything along those lines that you would like answered on the show, then please text me those questions to the soul friend number it's not my personal number so don't worry about disturbing me to 213-54-L-O-V-E-0 once again that's 213-54-LOVE-0 and you can follow me on Instagram soul friend radio or on Facebook soul friend radio I will see you all in two weeks thanks so much for listening in a natural mood and I'm a natural dude and we some natural fools blowing out by the pool she like my sexy cool mama with blades on the bravada rocking doja kubana hydro in a guana lifted shifted higher than the ceiling and ooh is the ultimate feeling you got me lifted feeling so gifted sugar how you get so fly sugar sugar how you get so fly sugar sugar how you get so fly Sugar, sugar, how you get so fly? Sugar, sugar, how you get so fly? You know it's better when we ride, we're bringing raw high. And when what we do, watching screens getting high. Girl, you keep it so fly with your sweet honey buns. You was there when the money gone, you be there when the money come. You know it's better when we ride, we're bringing raw high. And what we do, watching screens getting high. Girl, you keep it so fly with your sweet honey buns. You was there when the money gone. You'll be there when the money comes. For real, though. Got me lifted, shifted, higher than the ceiling. And ooh, it's the ultimate feeling. You got me lifted, feeling so gifted. Sugar, how you get so fly? Sugar, 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 sugar, how you get so fly? So high like I'm a star. So high like I'm a star. So high like I'm a star.